Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hey everybody, it's another episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And you know what episode this is? 69, dudes! You didn't um, do the thing. You gotta do the thing. They don't know I'm not doing it. <laughs> they do now, because I just blew up your spot. Well, you always gotta call me out like that. You gotta salt my shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, another fun episode. Another day in paradise. Yep. It's a... Uh, it's a little Phil cooler. Collins, <laughs> right? Uh, it's a little cooler here in Seattle. Um, Thank God. There was a, there was a, a it was few clammy hot days. <laughs> clammy up in here. It was uh, a real weenie shrinker. Um, my nuts were stuck to my leg most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody likes that. Yeah, it was it was damp. <laughs> Swamp ass for days. <laughs> no, it's like I don't usually pit out. In my shirt. You just nut out? Yep. <laughs> I just got these huge nut stains on my pants. <laughs> I didn't uh, piss myself, I swear. <laughs> it's sweat. But no, usually I don't get like like uh, sweat stains under my arms. Um, but this week, man, it was a different story. It was, it was real warm. It was rank. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool off. It's, it's, it's like almost a 20 degree difference between today and yesterday. Yeah. Um, Maybe even more. I think yesterday was pushing 90. Yeah. I think today's like 65. I, when I was on my way up here, when, like a, a bank or something, uh, their marquee said it was like 68 or something like that. Oh, okay. So close to 70. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's still humid though, which is yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you step out and like it, it's, like I said, I mean, high 60s, maybe maybe low 70s by now, but um, still real, just muggy as hell. Not fun. Anyway, um, what's new? Uh, not much. Yep. Yep. I'm going to start assigning you, like, just <laughs> think of one thing to talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike Doherty had an update on Trick or Treat 2, and the update was that there's no update. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, because I, I thought he was working on it. Yeah, that, that was my impression. Like as soon as he was done with Krampus, he was gonna start working on Trick or Treat. He says creatively it's there, whatever that means. Studio talk. I don't know if that means like it's done, like there's a there's a script done or what a basic outline. I don't know. I have to. I mean, it's his baby. I have to imagine he knows exactly what he wants to do. And he says he wants to do a trilogy. That I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um. As long as the third one was good, I'd say even make more. But fucking I, um, yeah. Uh, what else was there? Something else that I wanted to mention. Oh, this isn't in our news, but like, um, like right after we were talking about it last episode, they revealed like the full costume. Mm. And it looks that was funny. after it recorded. Yeah. This is like the day after. <laughs> of course. Um, <clears throat> and he looks fucking ridiculous. He does. By the way. He looks like he's wearing a tutu. Yeah. Uh, and I know, like, they're going for this vintage, like, um, Victorian slash Renaissance look. And that's just not what Pennywise looks like. It, I mean, it, it's a decent theory as long as you haven't read the book or seen the first movie. Right? I mean... 
if you want to make a movie about an evil clown, fine. If, if that's what you want him to look like, go for it. And it's like, okay, I get it. He's lived forever, so he, you know, obviously the costume's going to combine these different eras and stuff, but but that's not what he, what he is. No. Like, the reason it appeared as a clown to begin with was because that's what uh, Georgie was fond of. Like, he liked clowns. Yeah. So it made itself into a clown in order to appear uh, it's something that would appeal to, to George. And it's like, you know, when we first saw Pennywise's new, like, makeup, like how, how he looked, he looked a little creepy, I guess. And maybe not something that necessarily would appeal to children. Yeah. Uh, but now that we've seen the rest, it definitely doesn't. Right. Um, and a lot of people are, like, arguing, like, it's like, oh, this may not be what he looks like, and you know, normally this may be like his evil look. Um, the clothes aren't going to completely change. No, and it's like something that I th- I feel like I've talked before about on the show um, is the fact that Stephen King is very descriptive with his characters, so there is a pretty crystal clear image in words in the book of what Pennywise looks like, mm-hmm. and he doesn't match that at all. No, not even close. It fucking infuriated, infuriated me because I got in, I, I wouldn't even call it an argument, I guess, but on, um, let's say it was like an iHorror article or something, I don't know, but somebody said that like, uh, they're going with more of a, um, a, a look that's truer to the book. Said, what? Yeah, I said, I don't know what book you read, dude, and I like put the actual description from the book what Pennywise looked like, which is like a baggy suit um, with big orange buttons, and he had a blue tie, um, and big silly Mickey Mouse gloves, and he doesn't have any of those things. Right. So, the only thing that's even close is having red hair. (laughs) Yeah. And like, he has like these orange, they look orange, I guess. I think the... the, uh Costume designer said they were orange. Okay. Because the one they re- released was in uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. It's like a full body shot. And it was all dark. Right. And I guess it was like some fan or something that actually took that picture and lightened it and I guess, Photoshop. So, I mean, the, the clear image that we've seen, that was all done by a fan. I mean, that's nothing official. So we're kind of just speculating, I think. True. Um, I don't know. They just totally missed the mark. I'm really concerned with the direction this is going. I mean, <clears throat> we do have a blog post up on our website if you guys want to come. We did we did talk about come that. join the conversation. Oh, speaking of which, we have a new website. Oh, right. Um, brand new website. Uh, our Patreon patrons got first look. Uh, thanks, as always, to not just Max Zaleski, but our new Patreon patron, uh, Skeptical Crypto. Yes. Um, you guys together helped us afford a new website. Yeah. I mean, it looks fairly similar to our old one. Yeah, but it's, it's not it's drastically a- different, but I think it is, it's easier to, uh, to navigate, especially on mobile. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't look at our website a whole lot, mm-hmm. um, and probably even less so on mobile. So I'll, I'll let the 
the viewers decide. Uh, but so yeah, make sure you check out that at graveplotpodcast.com. Yeah. Same old website. New look. I, I was trying to turn a phrase, but it just didn't work. Yeah, I know you failed miserably. <laughs> I should have thought it out better. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And of course, if you want to become a Patreon patron, head to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast and give us your money. Yeah, guys, I mean, we want to try and uh, put together, I mean, a, a new Halloween short as we do um, every year. But this one that we're trying to work on, it's pretty ambitious. It, it's it's going to take more resources than we've done in the past. So if you want to become a patron... Um, and contribute we would definitely appreciate that we definitely put money towards helping us with our production costs which are pretty minimal but i mean you know those are all coming out of pocket right um and of course if you if you do contribute uh do we have a level for that i don't remember uh ten dollars will get your name as a special thanks in the credits Mm -hmm. uh twenty dollars will get you an executive producer credit got it so yeah guys if you're if you're a regular listener, uh, you like the show, and you like our Halloween shorts, and you'd like to help out, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I mean, you can you can also give whatever you want and not not get anything for it. Um, there's also lower levels. Five dollars gets you the, sh- the shout out on the show, like Max and Skeptical Crypto, mm-hmm. um, and then one dollar will get you access to the patrons only feed on Patreon, which is like where we gave them early access to the website. Right. So yeah, if you got anything, you guys can give would be very helpful um we're putting the money that we've we have been getting to good use uh, like i said with a new website um so yeah give us money (laughs) (laughs) bring money um aside from that i don't think anything real new in my life that to, to speak of yeah i don't think so didn't have any dental work done. Hey, it's a miracle. Although I'm, I'm going in on Friday. Oh, good. I think so. Tune in next episode <laughs> to hear all about that. Oh, I might need a root canal. Yay! Is uh, I think I talked about this last episode. This yeah, you did. Tooth, that, yeah. You said they got to drill into your face. <laughs> yep. Um, that's pretty much it. Going to Halloween Horror Nights this year. Yeah, you are. Which is gonna be pretty fun. Um bought our tickets like you know all these theme parks with these halloween events they got a real racket going because you have to buy a, a day ticket and a night ticket oh which are pretty comparable in price that's like, that sucks yeah because we're going to you know we're going to universal studios because i haven't been there since i was a kid my wife's never been there um there are some things i want to see she wants to go to that fucking harry potter thing whatever it is um, and then Halloween Horror Nights. But to get into Universal Studios during the day is like 90 bucks, I think. Fuck. Yeah. And then to get um, to do Halloween Horror Nights, it's um, like 50 or 60 I think. Um, so I mean, it's like over $100 for one day of stuff. Um, but I guess she found this thing... Um, it's like late entry passes or something. Late entry day passes. Basically, if you go there after two, you can do day and night stuff. Oh. So we're doing that. 
hopefully we can get everything we want to see in because they close the park down at like six or seven i think to switch over to halloween horror nights mm-hmm. so hopefully we can do that but then we're also going to disneyland which does pretty much the exact same thing of course disneyland's like a hundred dollars to get in during the day and then their halloween thing is like 60 bucks shit we're trying to decide if we even want to do that but again they close the park at six o'clock so it's like if we get there at like 10 when they open you know 10 to 6 it's a big fucking park and if you want to get everything done you need a full day yeah um so it's like the only way we can get from basically open to what would normally be closed is to do this halloween this mickey's halloween party whatever it's called so it's gonna be an expensive trip yeah but we booked our airbnb that's what we were most worried about oh nice yeah um, I'm, uh, I'm going to Colorado to do a ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel. Right. Which is, for those of you that don't know, the hotel that inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. I told my dad about it, and I was like, it's the the hotel from The Shining. And he goes, the inside, right? Because the outside's in Oregon. I was like, no, no. <laughs> Not where they filmed it. <laughs> um, is it in Oregon? Yeah. Okay, because I know I looked it I don't up. remember what it's called, but it is an Oregon. Me neither. Oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, it is. Cause <laughs> no, I know. I, I was considering um, booking a room there for my anniversary, but it's too expensive. Do you know there's no room 237 there? Yes. Because they were worried that people wouldn't want to stay there, but it's actually two, 217, which is the the room in the book, is the most popular room there. I don't know why they thought people wouldn't want to stay there. It, I don't know. Or was it the people like they didn't thought people wouldn't want to stay there or that too many people would be trying to stay there? From what I read, it was that they thought no one would want to stay there. They'd, they'd be scared of it. See, my concern, like if I was the owner, I'd say, OK, well, everybody's going to be trying to get into that room. And if they find out that they can't, then they're not going to come at all. That's legit. That would be my concern. Um, but, so, I mean, you're not actually staying at the stanley no it is so fucking expensive it's like five hundred dollars a night fuck that that is not worth it yeah um, yeah we were t- we talked about it but then we we looked and saw the price and we we're like nope <laughs> uh, no um did or like i remember i was talking about them opening like a like a horror museum type thing there yeah, I don't know what the status of that is. Yeah, because we haven't... I don't think we've heard anything new about it since we talked about it. Last I heard, I, th- I think they were like applying for grants or something. Okay. So I don't think they've actually even started building it. Okay. Um, oh, another thing we're going to in L.A. is the, uh, the Los Angeles County Museum of Arts. Um, LACMA? Yeah, the uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, the Living with Monsters? Yeah. Which is basically like, I, I, the impression I've gotten is like, it's like um, um, the horror exhibit they have at the EMP here in Seattle. Oh, um, really? I, that's kind of what I've, the impression I've gotten. But it's all, just all Del Toro stuff? See, that's what I'm not sure about, because I saw like busts of like Karloff's Frankenstein and stuff. So also, maybe it's just his stuff that he owns? That's kind of what I got, because I know a lot of stuff in the, um, what is it called? Uh, EMPs. Don't. I uh, don't. Uh, can't look away. Can't look away. Um, I know a lot of that stuff is actually from Paul Allen's collection. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Which I never would have guessed he was such a horror fan. Me neither. Um, 
So I don't know if if it's necessarily like that or if it's strictly just stuff from his movies. Hmm. But, I mean, he hasn't had that many movies, so, I mean... But find out when I get there, I guess. All right, I think we've been bullshitting long enough. Shall we just do some horror business? Yeah, why not? Starting out with some real-world horror. Um, this is kind of a familiar story. Uh, we go down to Florida, um, where a 19-year-old Florida State University student uh, by the name of Austin Haruf. 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 <laughs> um, got fucking high and decided to eat some people's faces. Maybe. Maybe he got high. Maybe. There's no toxicology results yet, so oh. we, don't, we don't know. Okay. Maybe he's just a zombie. Right. Um, Came in from Ireland. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he is apparently like, from what I'm remembering, he's like, like this um, like high, highly regarded student, like does really well, or really high grades. Um, he's an athlete. I think and like all this stuff and he basically just lost his damn mind um and was walking through this neighborhood like naked right um and probably high on something like taylor said no toxicology yet what he was naked that's what i read the other guy was naked too what's the deal with naked maybe they just get hot i don't know um and uh yeah, I think he had a knife, and he he attacked this married couple that was like they were like in their garage. I think apparently he had a switchblade. Okay, yeah. Um, he was at a diner, and he just like stormed out of the diner, and then just like found went to these people's house, and used multiple quote weapons of opportunity. Probably just stuff to bludgeon, including a switchblade. Yeah, and then he stabbed him multiple times and then started eating the husband's face. Right. And that was when they found him. Yeah, and that's just that's just fucking wacky. Yeah. What the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, there's a rumor that he might have been under the uh, influence of a drug called Flaca. What? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I just recently learned about Flaca. I don't know how long you've known about it, but... I, I I think this story might have been the first time. Apparently, Flocka is like the Florida name for it. Okay. And ev- everywhere else calls it gravel. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just I heard about it this past weekend because I went to Portland, which that was what I was going to mention. I went to Portland. Um, and my wife's friend down there, we're, we saw this really fucking whacked out, looked like a crack whore. Uh, and we're telling her about it. And... From our description, she said, oh, it sounds like she was probably on Flocka. I was like, what the fuck is Flocka? So I looked it up. Flocka! Found these, uh, all these videos on YouTube of people on Flocka. That's before we started recording. We were watching this video of this dude just on the floor or on the ground looking at a parking lot or something. And basically all I was doing was like scooting around (laughs) on his butt and going, oh, what? The flaca is uh, alpha pyrolidinopentiophenone, 
Mm, yes, those. <laughs> and it has the uh, same um, active ingredient as bath salts. Aha. Uh-huh. So the similar results would be uh, well explained. I suppose. Yeah. Fucking. Because, yeah, this happened in Florida before. Right. Yeah. Well, 2012, a uh, dude was also naked. Yeah. And was... Rudy Eugene. Right. Um, he was trying to eat some dude's face. Again, they just have the thing with the faces. I remember then they said that it was bath salts. Right. But it turned out when the toxicology reports came back from that, he was just stoned. Right. Well, so he was smoking the good shit. Was he? Was actually uh, was it actually marijuana or was it um, uh, spice? I heard it was like regular marijuana. Okay. Huh. Well, yeah, it's a uh, it's a crazy world we're living in. Yeah, when the when the deputies found him, he was apparently making growling animal like noises. Right, and it took um, which also happens in that video that we were just referencing, where the guy gets on all fours and starts barking at the police. <laughs> Man, it sounds so terrible because, I mean, shit like this happens, but then you see a video like that, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, he sounded like he was doing, like, a Michael Jackson impression or something, <laughs> and just, like I said, scooting around on his hands and, and, and his ass. I like when the guy asked him where his shoe was, yeah, and, and he was like, like, what the fuck, motherfuck yeah, you? Yeah, what motherfuck? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I guess it took uh, several several sheriff deputies and a dog to get him off of this guy. Apparently, he just regained consciousness like today. Oh shit! It's a it's a weird world we're living. Maybe don't in. fuck with Flocka, people. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good stuff. I saw another video of this lady stuck in a tree, and she was just like losing her mind, like. <laughs> She was like, the, she was shouting at the guy that was recording her, like, "You gotta help me get out of this tree!" <laughs> and just like, like f- f- flipping her hair around and stuff. How'd and she get in the tree? I don't know. <laughs> and she was like talking about how the the air was toxic. It's like, don't don't do drugs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's public service announcement from the Grave Plot Podcast. It's not good for you. Just just drink heavily. Yeah. My, my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. <laughs> That's what we do, and it works out just fine for us. Aside from the hangovers. Yeah, I was going to say, except for the next day. Because we're old and we can't <laughs> drink anymore. It's true. Uh, yeah, like my fucking five-day hangover. Remember, uh, have you, do you recall the episode of How I Met Your Mother, where he's talking about, in, the twi- in your 20s, the next day after a night of drinking is like this, and him and Marshall are like wrestling or something. He's like, when in your 30s, the day after a night of drinking, he's like this. And he's on the couch, wrapped in a blanket, with, <laughs> holding a garbage can and drinking a Gatorade. <laughs> it was like, the first time I saw that, I was in my 20s. And I was like, ah, oh, that's funny. And then next time I saw it, I was in my 30s. I went, oh, my God, that's so true. Right. <laughs> I was driving here, and I passed this house just down here on uh, the next street over. And there were solo cups everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm getting exhausted just looking at that. <laughs> The other day I was walking my dog and like all in one place I saw wrappers for two Dick's burgers, three Dick's fries, a bag of uh, Doritos, an entire package of uh, birthday cake Oreos, (laughs) 
I was just like, somebody got fucking high as shit. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably what you're. Oh, and two Hershey bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you live so close to Dicks, and like, that's got to be like their main clientele. It's oh, just- I'm sure. So did you just hear uh, Ezekiel Elliott got photographed going to the pot shop in Belltown? Yeah, stupid ass. <laughs> It's like, guys, if you're from out of state, uh, just because pot's legal here doesn't mean it is where you are. Right. So, And if you have a job that doesn't allow you to do recreational drugs, like being a professional football player, right? maybe just stay out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. condolences to the victims, and uh, I hope I hope Haroof gets the, gets the help he needs. Haroof. <laughs> because... Yeah, and don't fuck with Flocka. Don't. Hashtag. So this is kind of a uh, bridging the gap between real world horror and entertainment stories. But uh, apparently Victor Miller, the writer and creator of Friday the 13th, is looking to reclaim ownership of the trademarks. Uh, He filed paperwork in June, seeking a termination of grant of rights to be effective June 2018. He's now being sued by Horror Inc. and the Manny Company, who say that his work was made for hire, which would not entitle him to any copyrights. Which I totally believe. Um, Well, I'll let you... I mean, he was when he wrote it. He was a nobody. Yeah, and I mean, this he he had never written a horror script before, right? Um, and Sean Cunningham hired him to write the script. Basically, he was basically a script supervisor. Victor Miller wrote it. Sure, I mean, there's evidence of that, but he's credited for it. But Sean Cunningham, I mean, at least to his his claim, and you know, basically everyone else's, like. Victor Miller was basically, basically, yeah, a hired gun. Yeah. So. Um, according to the complaint, Miller had never written a horror screenplay prior to his being hired by Cunningham and was guided in the process and directly supervised by Cunningham, like Tony just said. Uh, accordingly, Miller entered into an employment agreement with the Manny Company, pursuant to which Miller wrote a screenplay for the film as a work for hire. As a result of Miller's improper actions, a cloud has been placed on horror's rights in and to the popular and lucrative Friday the 13th movie franchise and has caused and will continue to cause both horror and the Manny company company significant damages. In addition to seeking a declaration of the party's respective rights, the Manny company seeks a determination that Miller has materially breached the employment agreement, has slandered horror's title in Friday the 13th, and has engaged in unfair trade practices. You know, as, as much as we've been following, um, like the new Friday the Thirteenth and all this sh- shit surrounding it, I don't. I'm not familiar with Horror Inc. I don't. I don't think I am either. I mean, maybe I've heard of it before. I feel like I've heard of it, but not like I don't know how involved they are anymore. Yeah. And I've never heard of the Manny Company. Because that's like Cunningham's company, is it? The Manny Company or no Horror, uh, Horror Inc. Uh, it might be. Okay, because I thought he. I thought he was Crystal like productions or oh yeah or i think you're probably right but I, I mean i could be wrong i don't know and yeah manny company 
Maybe that was like the original production company. I'm not sure. Maybe. I guess I never really pay attention to the opening credits. <laughs> I'm not sure what they like. Are they obviously they're they're seeking to block this termination of grant of rights? But I don't know if they're seeking any kind of monetary damages or because I mean they accused them of slander. That's a pretty serious accusation. Yeah, I mean that's that's not something you just throw around. Uh, it's being processed in a federal court in Connecticut. Um, now the big question is, what effect is this going to have on the movie that's supposed to come out next year? Honestly, I don't think it will have an effect. I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on the outcome, though. If like, because if Miller gets the rights, he could easily say you can't make this movie. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this is. I feel like this is going to get tied up in court for a long time. I mean, like, I think we talked about this last episode. The rights for Superman. Um, those were like that was a legal battle that went on for years. Although, uh, if even if Miller were to win, it it does say that this wouldn't go into effect until 2018. Okay, yeah. So I guess I. In theory, then, it shouldn't have any effect whatsoever. Right. I mean, I guess, you know, Victor Miller, even if he wins, you'll have the rights to basically the story and maybe, no, probably not even care. Well, I don't know. It would, de- it would depend on who developed the story, I guess. If it was him, then then maybe. But I don't know. Because there's a difference between having rights to characters and having rights to a script or, you know, a, 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 a story, I guess. Because, you know, if he, if he regains the rights to maybe the original Friday the 13th, then what does that really get him? Because, I mean... Get him residuals, royalties? Maybe, but, I mean, nothing, nothing beyond that, I wouldn't think, because, I mean... Friday the 13th doesn't really focus on, like, Pamela Voorhees. It focuses on Jason. And Jason was... A talking s- about the movie or the franchise? The movie. Oh, yeah, it's, I guess that's true. Pamela doesn't really... You don't find out it's her until the end. Well, there's... Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> I'm talking about the franchise. and well, I'm talking about his rights to the original film versus the franchise. Okay. Because, like I said, you know, the first one's focused on Pamela being the killer. The rest of it's all Jason. Yeah. And Jason was a big, a secondary character in the original. This is true. So, I mean, uh, I don't think this is going to really gain any. I don't think he's going to gain anything by this if he wins at all, which I don't think he will. I, more than likely, all he's looking for is some royalties. Oh, yeah, he's looking for a paycheck. For I mean, not only all. the originals, but for all the the sequels and remakes. I'm sure he could say, you know, I hold claim to the Friday the 13th title, to Jason Voorhees. Well, I mean, I think the best that he could hope to claim is, like, um, that they use characters based on characters that he developed. But if he didn't develop the characters... And that's what I'm saying. Like somebody else could have created the story and the characters and he just wrote the script. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we don't know what, what contracts were signed back then. We were, we're kind of in the dark about all this, but True. honestly, just based on um, legal power, I'm going to say that horror Inc and Manny company are going to take this one because, or at the very least tie it up in court for years and until maybe Miller loses interest. Yeah. Well, or, but the, or settle out of court. I don't know. Horror Inc. and the Manny Company are the plaintiffs. 
They're suing him. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he loses Oh, well, I mean, like, as far as... Um, the termination of say, rights? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I don't think he's going to get what he wants. Yeah. Um, and... He's working on a new movie, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, with Tom Holland. Uh, called Rock, Paper, Death. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. But, I mean, it's Tom Holland, so it can't be too bad, I guess. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Hopefully that title changes before it comes out. It's not. It's not, it's a, not good a good title. It sounds like something that a high schooler would come up with. Yeah, like a student film or something. And it totally like undermines scissors. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anything else on this? Nah. All right. Okay, well, we've talked about the very likely scenario where there is no Beetlejuice 2, uh, and it's sounding more and more real every time one of them talks about it. Right. Um, but it sounds like uh, Warner Brothers is working on a musical for Beetlejuice. So that's cool. Sure. As long as there's a uh, banana boat scene <laughs> I mean yeah they'd have to um, completely like do an entire soundtrack of just um, Harry Belafonte thank you of Harry, Harry Belafonte songs like that'd have to be an entire show because I don't know maybe Elf, Elfman could write some lyrics maybe is uh, is Elfman actually working on this I don't know who's writing it uh, it's being directed by Alex Timbers, who apparently did Rocky the Musical and the Pee Wee Herman show. Was that his stage show? That's the Broadway show, yeah. Okay. Apparently Rocky the Musical like got really high praise because in the third act, they turned the um, orchestra into a boxing ring. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um... Yeah, he apparently just got replaced on a musical version of Frozen. That's fun. Isn't Frozen in itself a musical? That's what I would have thought. It's basically just a live-action Frozen at that point. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen it, but... Really? No. I mean, yes. But huh, that's surprising. Well, I, I try to avoid I haven't movies. seen it by my own volition, but I've seen it. <laughs> I try to avoid movies that I find obnoxious, or like the fans and the hype, when I think they're annoying, I just don't watch the movie. It's my own personal I'm protest. surprised your wife hasn't made you watch it, though. Uh, I came in, like, I think we... You came in and she was watching it and you went, nope! <laughs> well, we were... Just turned around and walked back out the door. <laughs> I think we were recording or something. And, like, your girlfriend and my wife were back in my bedroom. <laughs> Hold <laughs> All on. All right. <laughs> uh, they were back in my bedroom and I walked in, like, for some reason, I'm remembering them wrapping presents, so maybe, maybe it was around Christmas time, um, and they were watching Frozen. I'm like, all right, well, I'm leaving. And you just push the TV over? 
Nope, not in my house. <laughs> I should have done that. Um, yeah. They should make a musical version of Adam Green's Frozen. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really thrilling. <laughs> um, other musical adaptations of movies uh, were like Adam's Family, Young Frankenstein, uh, Evil Dead, and Night of the Living Dead, which I'm pretty sure all of those were at least moderately successful so evil dead i've heard good things about all right which i I still just can't imagine that as a musical like yeah me neither i mean something like young frankenstein sure i could could probably picture that as a musical um especially because you know mel brooks has done so many broadway shows like yeah stuff translates uh, that way well um Night of Living Dead too. That's that's an odd one. Yeah. yeah. There's some song called "They're Coming to Get You, Barbara." <laughs> so now I just picture that that's what they're saying in the in the musical. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, looks like they're developing this for the 2018-2019 season. So you know, in a couple of years, remember that we talked about this. <laughs> Heard it here first. Yeah. And I think that's it. Pretty sure we talked about this a long time ago, but uh, Jeff Katz, who is the creator of the Sleepaway Camp franchise, wants to do a sequel. Apparently, he's completed the script. He was on the Movie Crypt podcast with Adam and Joe. And he gave a breakdown about the story, saying that it begins with Angela. He he was hoping that Felissa Rose would resurrect the character. Uh, Not resurrect the character. I mean, she's dead. She's not dead. Spoiler alert. Reprise. Reprise the role. Yeah. Uh, She would be locked up in Smith's Grove Sanitarium and would escape taking a nurse hostage and seek refuge at the camp from the 1983 film Camp Arawak. He said, you resolve her character while setting up the events of a new movie, which are tied directly to her and in a way which allows you to honor the original, but spin off in an entirely new direction. Hey, look at that. That's how it's fucking done. Ghostbusters. (laughs) See, it's not that difficult. No, it's not a challenge to connect a new series of films to the old one. I mean, that's not preferable. You shouldn't do that. But if you're gonna, that's how it's done. That's a reboot. Yeah. That's a real reboot in the most literal sense of the word. Right. You're, you're taking, you're restarting the franchise, but you're moving it into a new direction, not just starting all over. Yeah. Uh, he also said it gets the penis thing out of the way immediately. Because Angela's got that dick. Yep. Swanging. Not really. It was tiny. <laughs> Micro penis. <laughs> um, uh, did, did, did you did you actually did, listen to did, this episode? Did, no. Okay. He was talking about how <laughs> on on set, what they did is they actually had uh, a tiny little Asian man wear an Angela mask on set. 
Okay. That kind of makes sense. There's tiny little pee-pee. Like, when you watch it, she looks weird. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, but, yeah, picked him because he had a tiny little pee-pee. Um, but also, like, kind of a, you know... A, oh, it's a little baby dick. <laughs> but also a dainty body that could pass for a, a prepubescent boy, I guess. I don't know. Poor guy. <laughs> I would like to have that be your claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, I was Angela's dick in Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, currently set up at Radar, uh, Radar Pictures, uh, and they're fielding offers. When they get an offer they like, Katz expects a deal to be made and the movie to get rolling. Rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Stop that. <laughs> you stop that right now. The Undertaker, man. Fuck that. <laughs> wonder if he regrets that. Because um. I do. <laughs> I regret it for him. <laughs> I don't know. He's taken a lot of different turns in his career that were probably regrettable. I like how now his gimmick is just the him. He's just a guy. He's, he's just not, an old guy. He's not even like the Undertaker anymore. No. What? I mean, he still has like a you know twenty-seven minute long intro, <laughs> but once he gets in the ring, he's just he's just a, he's just an old guy. <laughs> Does he at least like wear kind of like costume, or is he back to just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt? <laughs> uh, he wears like a wrestling I don't know if it's a singlet because he wears pants over it okay but yeah but, I mean when he comes to the ring he wears the trench coat and the wide brimmed hat oh okay so he, he still has the the, the f- fan pair is not the right the theatrics I guess yeah it's just once he gets in the ring it's not right he, he, he takes that all off and he doesn't like doesn't wear the makeup anymore or anything doesn't roll his eyes up uh, I think he still might oh, okay when he does like the lights on thing so what I'm sensing is the only thing that he doesn't do anymore is wear makeup. <laughs> I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's it's hard to say because he's only around like maybe twice a year. I say he, if that. It's I, pretty much just WrestleMania now. Yeah, I was gonna say pretty much all he ever does is WrestleMania anymore, right? Uh, they're setting up a Brock Lesnar Shane McMahon match. Who gives a fuck? Who wants to see that? Fuck. Also, I'm so fucking done with Brock Lesnar. Fuck that guy. Hope he doesn't listen to this because he's a scary, scary man, but he's Whatever. a piece of shit. Fuck him. Come at us, guy. Uh, fuck you up. At SummerSlam, he faced Orton, and they were like, all right, we want the match to end in a TKO. So Orton went, or uh, Lesnar went, okay, hit him with a couple stiff elbows, busted his head wide open. I read something about that. I didn't like know the details, but that Orton got split open. Yeah, he got 12 staples in his head. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Chicks dick chicks dig scars and apparently Jericho like went after Lesnar after the match told him he was being a dick and so Lesnar called him a pussy and a faggot and oh. told him to fight him or kiss him well yeah this was like act like real or yeah this think? was backstage ah well it's a good thing they brought him back yeah Seems to be going really well for well, everyone. Well, he's only on TV like two or three times a year now anyways. Which makes, like, and he wins all the time. So it's like, he shows up, kicks somebody's ass, and then goes away for months. And it's like, where? what is the point of this? <laughs> this doesn't further any story whatsoever. Didn't he get booted from UFC because he was too violent or something? No, he just had a UFC fight recently, but then he, he tested positive for PEDs twice in one week. Right. 
And WWE went, eh. I think he might be retarded. Because <laughs> he doesn't seem very bright. Well, I mean, he's a meathead. Yeah. I think whatever he's jacked up on, because he's clearly on something. <laughs> uh, probably- Mark Hunt, the guy who fought him in UFC, called him juiced to the gills. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, sleepaway camp. <laughs> How did we get to wrestling? <laughs> uh, something about The Undertaker. Where did that come from? I don't remember. We were talking about baby dicks. Oh, rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if this gets picked up, we'll talk about it, maybe. Sure. Okay, so this... I'm not really sure what to think of this. Yeah, I don't know. But we all know that John Landis directed one of the best vampire... Not vampire. Werewolf movies ever made. Um, I would argue the best. Well, probably, yeah. I don't think there are many that rival it. Yeah, honestly, I can't even think of what else would be in the conversation for best. Like maybe The Howling, maybe... Nah. <laughs> nah, dude. <laughs> um, oh, that's new. Creaky stuff. All right. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded a haunted house. Um, That'd be badass. We should record in a haunted house. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, John Landis' kid, Max uh, Landis... Who uh, has he directed anything at least of note? I don't think he's directed anything. He's mostly a writer. Yeah, he wrote the movie Chronicle. Yeah, and what else? Wrestling isn't wrestling. <laughs> I mean, like a feature film. <laughs> um, there's one other one that's pretty well known, but I can't remember what it was. Victor Frankenstein. That's the one. Um, so. Bloody disgusting. Kind of did what they are good at and started speculating on very little information. <laughs> and um, I guess like Landis had a, a series of tweets that hinted that he might be directing a remake or t- developing. Developing. I don't, I don't know. If writing, directing. What? 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 Uh what level of involvement he was rumored to have right. developing. A remake of American Werewolf in, in London. Not Paris. Thank, no, definitely not fucking Paris. <laughs> of course. That's one of those movies that could probably stand to have a remake. <laughs> not that you should bother. Um, see, uh, his tweets were like, uh, since I get this question all the time, there's only one of my dad's movies I'd ever be willing to try and remake, and I'm already doing it. Yeah, that was what started all of this. Yeah, which... Okay. He's clearly talking about Animal House. (laughs) Or Innocent Blood, (laughs) which is what I'm considering putting on the calendar for October. So keep an eye out for Week of the Vampire. (laughs) Maybe it's Blues Brothers. (laughs) Um, I did see somebody on, 
I think it was on Twitter, responded to him and was like, I can't wait for your all-female reboot of Blues Brothers. <laughs> um, oh, fucking Trading Places. <laughs> I'd watch that. With, uh... Hey! With who? Suka, enough. Kevin Hart, maybe, and... Who else? Channing Tatum. No. So he could be taken seriously <laughs> as a socialite. Uh, um, Melissa McCarthy. Fuck off. <laughs> Get out. Get out of here. I'm done with you. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Whatever. Um, another tweet that he had was uh, currently definitely writing uh, some code names. And then in, in parentheses, he said uh, some code names in here. Uh, those were Moore's. Day trippers, further, and skunk. So of course, Moors instantly makes you think of stay off of the moors. Exactly. Although day trippers too could be. Yeah, Moors and day trippers eat both uh, further and skunk. I'm not sure about those. Those could be original things. Could be. Um, but I mean, like. Uh, Max Landis has kind of shown that he has like kind of an affinity for werewolves in the past. He wrote a werewolf themed episode of uh, the show Fear Itself, which was on FearNet, right? That was the one with Robert England, right? I think so, yeah. Or was that Fear Clinic? Fear Clinic was a movie that also had Robert England. Okay. Uh, I never had fear yet, so I don't. I don't really know. Um, and he he co-wrote the episode uh, "Dear Woman of the Masters of Horror" sh- uh, show with his dad, um, which actually had a reference to American Werewolf in it. The transformation oh, scene of from American Werewolf, right? Wasn't that like, yeah? He, I guess he started in a, uh, a recreation of the transformation scene. Was that the one that was like super sweeted? Like it was really low budget and I think so. Cheap yeah. looking. Okay, I like I'm looking at that. I couldn't remember, but then I, yeah. Anyway, uh, apparently Universal's holding the rights, so if he's working at all on this, he's probably working for them. Um, the thing but, is, though, I, uh, Brad Miska, in the article, speculated that he could just like call it American Werewolf and just like avoid the rights issue. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't think it works that way. But he also speculated, like, oh, this could turn into a franchise and you could have American Werewolf in this and that and that. And I, was, I responded to the, the article and I was like, because that works so well with Paris, right? <laughs> um. But then Landis, he basically like completely denied any involvement in any kind of remake. Um, yeah, somebody tweeted at him and said, before I write an article on this, do you want to confirm or deny the bloody disgusting report? And he replied, and all he said was, deny. Right. And then he tweeted again later and said, I categorically deny any articles written about anything that I'm working on. Right. I don't know what this dude's deal is, man. He's he's fucking with us. 
Landis or Miska? Landis. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he, you know, those t- original tweets, it sure made it seem like he was working on some kind of project. I mean, that, the one that the uh, currently definitely writing tweet, that was back from like June. Okay. But also, he says that there's only one of my dad's movies I'd ever be willing to try and remake, and I'm already doing it. And yeah, based on past actions, it would lead you to believe that that would be American Werewolf. Right. I don't know what else it would be. I mean, we, you know, we can look at a list of Landis's movies, or John Landis, um, and I don't know, whatever. Uh, but then Bloody Disgusting essentially called him a liar. Coming to America? Spies like us? Uh, the Muppets take Manhattan? Huh? <laughs> uh, Everybody wants him to direct a Superman movie. Could be cool. See, he wrote... Was it Superman? God damn it. It was either Superman comic. Wait, why does he have a credit for American Marvel from Paris? Landis? Yeah. Probably for characters or something. Or original story by or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Story by Jonathan Landis. Yeah. Director Anthony Waller. Featured song Mouth. <laughs> by Bush. Bush Mouth. <laughs> Bush Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, Bloody Disgusting called him a liar. Yeah, he's, they, they said, after this morning's speculation, Max has since denied the report, although we can confirm that he was, in fact, developing this project for his father. It's unclear if he's working on this or something else as well. So basically, he said, uh, oh, I'm not working on this. But then Bloody Disgusting said, yeah, you are. And they confirmed it. With whom? I don't know. Maybe Miska just confirmed it with himself. <laughs> so hey, Brad, is Max working on this? Why, yes, other Brad. <laughs> I kind of seems like maybe he thinks he's like the end. I'll be all of news or horror news reporting. Eh, well, um, I mean, the only thing I could think of is that they said that he was working on it and he's saying he's not currently working on it. Like, maybe it's on the shelf. Like, that seems like a bit of a reach, I know, but yeah. like, I'm not currently working on that. Because it's done. <laughs> I already did it. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> um, either way, it doesn't really matter, because we're not going to know until they say something. Like, if, if they were going to, going to remake that movie, which they shouldn't do. No. But if they were going to, then maybe Max Landis might be a good idea. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he has the same eye that his dad does. Well, it all depends on who directs it, too. Well. Like if yeah. Max writes it and John directs it, then maybe, yeah, it could be good. <laughs> That'd be dumb. That'd be <laughs> fucking stupid. Why would they do that? I don't know, but it's pretty much the only reason I can come up with. If they're going to do that, good. they should do like American Werewolf in Tokyo or something. I don't know. American Werewolf in Cleveland. <laughs> American Werewolf in America. America. <laughs> isn't it just the, isn't it just Werewolf at that point? Yeah, I guess so. Just a werewolf. Maybe they should do like Italian Werewolf in Canada. I got it. 
a werewolf coming to America. <laughs> Combining two John Landis movies together. Eddie Murphy is a prince who is also a werewolf. <laughs> and I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> you would too, admit it. This kind of sounds a lot like uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, which was not a good movie. Uh, good point. <laughs> Um, Eddie Murphy shouldn't do accents or play moderately serious ro- serious roles. It's not 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 his forte. Well, it's a reboot, so I guess we'll or a remake. Of a, so we'll bring in uh, like Donald Glover, <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn. We're making we're not remaking. No. We're ma- remaking Vampire in Brooklyn Wait. with Donald Glover. <laughs> what just happened? We just had a fucking <laughs> brainstorm, and it was awesome. <laughs> I thought we were making a werewolf comes to America. <laughs> now we're remaking Vampire in Brooklyn, except now it's Vampire in uh, Atlanta, Boston for tax purposes. I don't know. <laughs> Make it Atlanta because then you can tie in Don Glover's new show. Synergy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. All right, let's stop talking about this. So the Friday the 13th program on CW is officially dead. Program. Program. Say say right. (laughs) It's officially dead. It's not going to happen. So they've moved on to a series. Not going to be on this network anyways. Uh, They've moved on to a series based on The Lost Boys. Because if you can't make one thing work... Just move on to the next. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is going to be duty cocky. It, quote, reimagines the Joel Shoemaker film. Uh, it's envisioned for a seven season run. So that's ambitious. The plan is that each season will chronicle a decade. And it, so the whole series will be 70 years. I don't think it's going to be as easy as they think it is. Uh, season one will be set in San Francisco during the Summer of Love in 1967. So I guess the first season will go from 67 to 77. I don't know. Whatever. But I mean, this this sounds like they're basically taking what the idea that they wanted to use for Friday the Thirteenth and making it a Lost Boys theme. Which is dumb because they already have two vampire shows on on the CW. And if you want to reach... Wait, what's the other one? They've got the Vampire Diaries and the Originals. Oh, the Originals is Vampires? Yeah. It's oh, like it's that. a Vampire Diaries spinoff. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So, why they think adding another... Unless they want to be like the Vampire Channel. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe that's their shtick. But, I mean, it's like, and if you really want to reach, you could maybe even call um, Supernatural a vampire show. Because they do, on occasion, deal with vampires. But, that's dumb. I mean, what are they doing? They're trying to cash in on a franchise is what they're doing. 
but they're trying so hard. <laughs> and it's not going to work, and they should know that. Uh, it's going to be an anthology. Each season, the humans, setting, antagonist, and story all change, but the vampires remain the same. Are they going to... Because they never get old. They never die. But they have to feed. Well, yeah. It's from the movie. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> uh, I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but is this going to be like the vampires from the movie? or are they Probably just... not the same ones. So they're just using the Lost Boys name. Obviously. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I don't think they're going to have uh, David. Why not? Maybe they will. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, I guess we don't really know. Has Kiefer got any kids? I don't know. Probably. Any of them act? They probably don't. <laughs> I don't know. They probably don't have that weird Sutherland look, though. How could they not? <laughs> well, they keep diluting the uh, the bloodline <laughs> with you know other people. Uh, you know what else CW has is iZombie. They do. Which was created by Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, who is also developing this. <laughs> it's not actually Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. Uh, although Matchbox 20, ew. <laughs> But Rob Thomas was... Watch your ass, new meat. That Rob Thomas was actually on an episode of iZombie. Was he? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I have to imagine they did that on purpose. How many people got it, though? I don't know, but I did. <laughs> Were you like, ha? <laughs> <laughs> because the guy that runs it is Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes a joke funnier than when you have to explain it. <laughs> So they really get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a bad idea. This sounds dumb. C- CW needs to get their heads out of their ass. Are they going to like add a new zombie or a new uh, vampire every every season? I don't know. I mean, well, they say that like, the antagonist is going to change. Yeah. How are the vampires not the antagonist? I don't know. <laughs> Based on the nature of the movie... You'd think they would be. Right? Um, Are they the protagonist? I guess. Does that make the Frog Brothers the antagonist? <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, this is going to span 70 years, starting in the 60s. Now, anybody keeping count knows that the 60s were not was not 70 years ago, so eventually this show is going to go into the future. Oh, man. Wait. Yeah, eventually it's going to go into the future. <laughs> you have to do your math there. Well, I'm thinking... For some reason, I was thinking a season was going to last an entire decade, so eventually it would catch up. That would be awful. <laughs> it's like no- The show actually lasted 70 years. <laughs> Nobody watch it. Even if anybody actually watched it, they would die before the show was finished. Only The Walking Dead will last 70 years. <laughs> uh, because they don't know how to end it. Right. I don't care what Robert Kirkman says. They don't know how to end it. No. Like when he, he's going to kill Rick and then it's done. Yeah. Nobody cares anymore. He keeps saying they have an end game, but it it has to be everyone dies. It has to be. It has to be. Rick can't just walk away because he's in a world infested with zombies and they they keep getting more zombies. Yeah. Are they just going to like kill every other zombie and they just be the only people left on Earth? Right. And then he's just going to die alone. Yeah. Same in Carl. Fucking Carl. I'd eat Carl. (laughs) 
If it was just me and him. Alive. <laughs> um, then I'd bury him in the backyard. <laughs> um, I just watched that the other day. It never gets old. It's always funny. <laughs> yeah, hater. <laughs> yeah, we hate her. Go watch Saving Silverman, folks. I was I pulled it up on on demand on on Comcast, and um, it like it had uh, the 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 cover for the movie, like the DVD or movie poster, even I guess it said Saving Silverman, but the actual description in the on demand service said Evil Woman, <laughs> which is apparently like the title for it in every other country except the U.S. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is weird. No, 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 But also, another thing, like, you know the movie The Prestige with um, Hugh Jackman and Ed Norton? Yeah, yeah. No, combining movies. <laughs> right? Wait. Prestige is Hugh Jackman and Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. That, that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, the Edward Norton one is... Oh, fuck, what's the name of that one? The Magician? With Jessica Biel. The Magician. Of course. No, that doesn't sound right. Are you sure? No. <laughs> they yeah. came out at like the exact same time. Yeah. Right? Like the same movie. They're very similar movies. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, the prestige, like, you know, it said the prestige in the description, but then the movie or the... The illusionist. That's the one. But then like the the DVD cover or movie cover, the image that was attached for it, it was Russian. I, I translated it because I wasn't sure. I thought maybe they mixed up movies. Translated it, and it said The Prestige. And it said The Illusionist. What? And it said The Illusionist. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, Comcast is weird. All right, so I guess that's it for horror business? Lost Boys. Lost Boys, don't watch it. Coming to CW, probably not. Might be cool, but it probably won't be. Yeah, most likely not. Can be... Poopy, poopy cocky. Like, it'd be kind of cool if they, like, added a new vampire every time. If they had, like, the original crew of vampires, you know, led by David, I'd be totally down with that. Well, no, I wouldn't be totally down with it. I'd be interested. I might give it a shot. But the fact that they're clearly not going to use the same vampires and they're just using the name Lost Boys, even though it has zero to do with the original. I mean, we don't know that yet, though. Probably doesn't though. I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't based on past behavior, but it's it's in San Francisco, not Santa Carla. Oh yeah, well, that's just season one though. Nah. Maybe by the time they get to the eighties, it'll be in Santa Carla. There's a downgrade. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's the end of horror business, and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and do some reviews. Okay, so we got two reviews to do. Taylor, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's do them in the order that I watched them. Okay. And what's that? Oh, right, you don't, you're right there. <laughs> uh, let's do sheepskin first. Okay. You know what this is? Looks like a silver bullet. Wait, you think I'm a werewolf? Bingo.
werewolves have existed in literature and folklore since man has been writing. You told me all those people are crazy. People used to think the earth was flat too until this little thing called science came along. Okay, so Sheepskin. Uh, it's a movie that came out actually three years ago, but just got uh, a release recently this year. Um, are you recording me? Don't worry about that. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting very nervous. Uh, it's directed by Curtis Spieler. Um, they're actually written and directed by uh it's it's very familiar of a certain episode of holliston uh with uh david Naughton on it where they were pretty convinced that he was a werewolf you remember that then season two yes okay i haven't seen season two as thoroughly okay well there is an episode well they try to cut his head off with a plastic knife i don't remember all I know is they kidnapped David Naughton because they were convinced that he was a werewolf. Um, anyway, so there's this band, like literally like a musical, like punk band, uh, who... The Dick Punchers. I don't know if that's their name. It is. It is? Yeah. I don't remember them saying that. I don't think they, I don't know if they say it, but in the credits, they like show their, they were in t-shirts that say the dick punchers okay. and they play a song. It's like, I'll punch you in the dick. <laughs> it's creative. <laughs> so did you not l- listen to do it all the way through? No. Oh, so, oh, so you missed the stinger then. Shit. Really? Yeah. Son of a bitch. It's nothing. Okay. But yeah, this song, and it's like, you want to fight me? I'll punch you in the dick. You want to cuss at me? I'll punch you in the dick. You punch me in the dick? I'll punch you in the dick. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so, okay, so they um, they kidnapped this guy, um, just Mr. Businessman. That's his name. I go to work. Mr. Businessman. I go to work and sit at a desk, and I write on papers all day. <laughs> that's that's his first line in the movie. <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, he's he's in his office, and um, the temp comes in and gives him a letter that says, and he, he it's in a like a not Manila but yellow folder, not folder. Envelope. envelope like a big a big <laughs> like a yellow, work envelope yeah you know one of those things that you find in an office <laughs> no like a big yellow envelope and he pulls it out it's a single sheet of paper that says we know what you are and then from there he's kidnapped by a guy wait was it i know what we know what you are we know what you did maybe that's what it was I think that's what it was. Might be combining the other movie that we watched <laughs> because they both had very similar notes. Kind of, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's kidnapped and they take him to this warehouse where they tie him to a chair with a bunch of plastic sheeting surrounding him, which, you know, usually... Doesn't end well. Yeah, it tells somebody it's, things are not going to go the way they want them to. Um, and they start accusing him, or uh, the, the leader of this group, group uh or these these band members uh accuse shit he's his name is Schaefer and I think the 
the guy that kidnapped his name is Dylan. I'm pretty sure. Um, they start accusing him of killing not only Schaefer's sister, but another woman somewhat recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically he's denying, denying it and denying it. And they basically said just... Or they come to a point where they say, just admit what you are. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, admit you're a werewolf. So things <laughs> take a turn. And, you know, if you aren't part of the audience, if you are somebody maybe living in this world, for instance, Todd, no, Dylan, I mean, or Todd or Dylan. Fuck. I can't remember names. I'm so bad at it. Pretty sure, Okay, Dylan. If you're Dylan, you're probably thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, I mean, honestly, that's like the premise of the movie. Basically, he's tied to the chair for most of, like I'd say probably about 90 to 95% of the movie. Yeah. Um, and they're basically debating whether or not to kill him. They spend all this time using all this, you know, classic werewolf lore to try and prove that he's a werewolf, and none of it seems to be really proving anything. Yeah, they try to, like, rub silver on him, and it does nothing. Yeah, but then they they are questioning whether or not it's actually silver that they have, because they got it from someone else who said it was silver. Um, just a little knowledge from somebody that worked at a, worked at a pawn shop. If it's stamped 925, that means it's silver. Fact. Taylor knows that too. I do. <laughs> we know a lot of stuff that we probably wouldn't have cared about otherwise. <laughs> Pawn chops. Um, so, and then they, uh, the, the, the full moon rises and he doesn't change. So they're a little confused. Then they're like, maybe he has to see it. Right. Like, we can't take him outside. What if he gets loose? Yeah. So, I mean, they're basically going off all this folklore, but they don't, I mean, they're all these, um, these factors that they didn't really consider and they don't really know what to expect because honestly they don't know exactly what they're dealing with. So pretty much the entire movie you're spent wondering, it's like, well, is this guy actually a werewolf or are these guys out of their fucking minds? And it pretty much starts to lead you to believe that they're just crazy. But like, there's always that fraction of doubt, you know? Yeah. Um, and at one point, his wife, because his wife thinks she's, that he's uh, cheating on her. Right. So she ends up following him, and she ends up in the warehouse, too. Right. And so she, then she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah. It's like, uh, your husband's a werewolf. She's like, what? Because <laughs> basically, the thing is, like, Dylan had an affair with... Schaefer's sister and now he's trying to admit they're trying to Schaefer's trying to get Dylan to admit that he killed her and that he's a werewolf and that's why he's been kidnapped to begin with yeah um Dylan basically admits to having had an affair with her and I think maybe I'm getting her pregnant yeah yeah um and you know this is of course with her wife with his wife there so she's pretty pissed off but things kind of get derailed when they say, oh, he's also a werewolf. 
Yeah, he he denies not only being a werewolf, but also that he killed this girl. Right. Uh, it's funny when they first kidnap him uh, and they say, oh, you need to admit that you're a werewolf. He's like, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, why not? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, because they're not fucking real. <laughs> Why would you say that you're a werewolf? <laughs> um, so that's basically what happens. Uh, you, I mean, the 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 majority of the movie is like designed to keep you guessing whether or not this guy is actually a werewolf. Um, it seemed like while there's all this evidence that he's not, I mean, like all, like I said, all the, the little folklore type things that they try to test him on don't work out. And there's really nothing saying that nothing saying or leading you to believe that he actually is a werewolf. It does a fairly decent job of like always keeping that shadow of doubt in your mind. Yeah. Like you never really know. <laughs> Um, because they seem so convinced of it. And it's like, while it, it gradually becomes more and more of an outrageous idea, it's, like I said, it's still just that little bit of you that it's like, but is he a werewolf? <laughs> um, what do you think? Um, the guy, the, the bald guy, Dylan. Yeah. I had, didn't think he was a very good actor. He really wasn't. Um, I was reading like reviews of this on like IMDb like there are only two reviews of it but the t- two things that or something that both people said was the guy talked very quietly and like he was hard to understand at times yeah he did a, a decent job at like showing emotion when he would get angry or riled up mm-hmm. um, and it's like he would emote well and you're then you were kind of like where's this been right um yeah, his delivery was just off. It didn't seem natural. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's it's not that he was, like, bad at giving lines or that he seemed, like, stiff or robotic or anything. Just his delivery was just off for some reason. Yeah. But everybody else I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Which was really surprising considering how, like, this was, like, a super low budget. Like, I think I read this is, <clears throat> like, done for, like, $25,000. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, which I mean, to us, that seems like a really good budget. <laughs> um, that's like, it's like 25,000 times our budget. Yes. I mean, that, that's a substantial amount of our annual income. Not all of it because that would mean we're very poor. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like I was for that for the low budget that it was i was pretty impressed by the, the production in general yeah the effects weren't bad either there's there's not a lot of them no but i mean like one guy gets his face punched in yeah you now it looks pretty good yeah and like i mean the actors were c- clearly not like seasoned professional actors but the the um, production value and like the cinematography was very well done like it looked it looked like a much larger budget film than it actually was yeah which impressed me I was trying to figure out if these people were like actually 
a band and if it, like they j- j- made the film themselves because it, it almost seemed that way um, yeah i mean i can understand why i come across that way um i for for a little while watching the movie i thought that maybe the director was actually one of the actors but he wasn't no i don't know it's uh What did you, what did well, I guess without giving anything away? What did you think of the end? Um, which is hard to do without giving anything away. I know it's. it's I, was, I was thinking about that after I watched it. I'm just like, God, how do I talk about this? Um, it was not what I expected. See, it was exactly what I expected. Really? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yes, quite. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't what I expected, um, and it wasn't as like it wasn't as sudden as I like the kind of final not act, but like the final push towards the end um, when things just start to kind of come apart and blow up. Yeah. Um, It was a lot less like sudden than I expected. I guess there was a a decent amount of buildup to it. That kind of maybe took a little bit of suspense out of it. I think. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I mean by it was what I expected. Um, But I mean, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a bad ending. I guess no. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, if if I was to compare this with like, you know, talking about American Werewolf in Paris, uh, why do I keep saying Paris? You just love American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> I guess it's probably secretly my <laughs> favorite movie, American Werewolf in London. Um, to compare it to that, this is not even comparable. But as far as like, but compare it to Paris. Sure. Well. <laughs> This is actually much better. <laughs> Considering, like, to make a werewolf movie on such a small budget is very daring. Like, I applaud them for making a werewolf movie. Or a werewolf-themed movie, I should say. Um, on on basically a micro-budget. Yeah. Um, like, we've talked before about, you know, doing our Halloween shorts, and I've said pretty much all the years that we've done it it's like god i'd really love to do like a werewolf thing and it's just like uh well that's that's a little out of our reach yeah that's such a such a major cost yeah because i mean werewolf's just it, it's expensive yeah even if you don't have like a transformation scene but like makeup and yeah um and it's like you know i do all of our makeup for our shorts if there's any that is required or you know the, the any kind of special effects that might be needed that's usually me doing it um but it's like even me it's like creating a werewolf that is um within that budgetary constraint i mean that's really hard to do Mm -hmm. um unless you just get like a mask right but in which case it's like why even fucking bother yeah 
Um, but they, th- this movie was done in a way to where that was not a major issue. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed with that. Who was the uh, the kind of wiener guy? The wiener guy? Yeah. The one who was always like, this is bad. We shouldn't be doing this. I th- think. Was oh, that, that was Marcus. The guy with the beanie? Yeah. Yeah, Marcus. He uh, He kind of bugged me. Yeah. Why? Just because he was always like, like as soon as he walked in, before anything had happened, he was just like, He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. He looked like, like, it was like he walked in and everybody was already dead. Um, and you're just like, this is bad, man. Just a constant worrier. Um, yeah, he bugged me. <laughs> yeah, he didn't bug you. I, I guess I didn't really put that much thought into it. Oh. Um, so let's. Like, what would you, like, give some, like, pros and cons about it? Um, well, like I said, I think the acting was good. Uh, it's, it, it the, like, the, the kidnappers kind of toe this line between being, like, they're, they're bad. You get the, the one guy who's, like, super badass, and he just wants to, like, beat everybody up. Right. And then the, uh, what's his name, Schaefer? Yeah. He, you know, it's 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 all, it's all about justice for him. He's not like just looking to rough somebody up. Yeah. Um, and but then at the same time, they're kind of like these bumbling idiots, right? Who are just like, no, he's a werewolf, I swear. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, trying to rub silver on him and do all this other stuff to prove that he's a werewolf, and it's it's almost cartoonish at times. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're so convinced that you. Like they almost convince you, right? Yeah, it, I guess. Yeah, for me, like the whole movie, like you said, because they are so convinced. And all, I mean, I don't think they ever actually showed the pictures that he sh- that they had, right? Of of Schaefer's sister and the no, other I think victim. he shows when he shows them to to him. You see him like from behind or something, right? But you, you don't you don't see the pictures themselves. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think because they had that to show, which is presumably just like a, a mangled body. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that they so deeply believed in it, like you said, it really makes you wonder, even though, even everything, even though everything is pointing to the contrary, that these guys are just out of their minds like where the fuck are you getting werewolves from? Are you serious? There's like still just that little inkling. It's like maybe he is a werewolf. Yeah, could be. Um, and something that, but then at the same time, it like casts doubt because they start doubting themselves, right? Because like you said, everything you know, they put him in the moon and nothing happens. And it's like everything that's happening, yeah, is pointing to the contrary. But still, they're just like, but but no, he he has to be right. And, you know, there's this thing that is occurring in in the movie that even if you took the whole werewolf element out of it, there's this ongoing thing of, like, could you kill a person? Yeah. Um, And, like like I said, I mean, that that could just go for not even, like, a horror movie, which this was not 
super horror. This was more of a of a thriller drama type thing. Yeah. But in like just a, a straight well th- thriller drama movie with no werewolf element to it, they could easily be translatable. Um, it's like, okay, we've kidnapped this man. We have we have it in our minds that he committed these murders. Now, can we kill him? Yeah, is that in it? Is is it in us to kill him? Yeah, like I said, Schaefer is it's it's a justice thing, and it's not you know just trying to kill somebody out of joy or uh, you know any kind of personal gain. It's right. it's just this justice thing. So yeah, it, it's it weighs on him. Yeah, that's why I think that's probably why they didn't just kidnap him and you know cap him right there. Yeah, because I think Schaefer needed to hear him admit to it first yeah he keeps saying he kept saying like you know we we got to see him change or we got to see some kind of proof yeah um yeah i mean and like you know pros and cons i say that was definitely pro con was just you know things that they couldn't really avoid i guess just i mean you know probably not the best acting that they could strive for i mean unless these are like friends and or family in which case you know you you gotta you gotta throw those people a bone sometimes yeah um had this been like a bigger budget they probably could have afforded better actors not that there were anything in particular wrong with these ones um and i just i i guess you could definitely see where the budget was putting up roblox in this um like I said earlier, I'm thoroughly impressed with the with the product that came with the budget, the, the product product that was produced with the budget that they were given. I'm thoroughly impressed, um, but there are definitely those elements that could definitely have been um, improved with a larger budget. Yeah, and aside from like the first you know five minutes where it's in his office, it's all centrally located in this one warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's a bad thing. Like, I don't know where else they would have gone. Yeah. And another thing was this movie, I'm pretty sure this was like, like an hour and 40 minutes or something. Sounds about right. I think it could have stood to be about probably 20 minutes short. Actually, I think it was, yeah, okay. I think I was gonna say it was right around a hundred minutes. So that would be an hour 40, right? Um, yeah, I think, I think it could, could have stood to be probably about another, like 15, 20 minutes shorter. Um, because the, the plot that they had where, you know, they have a guy kidnapped, tied to a chair in a warehouse, like that story only goes so far and they really stretched it and it it definitely got to a point where it's like, okay, get on with it. Let's, let's, let's get to the next part of the story here. Wait, the guy, the bald guy was Todd. That was Todd. Yeah. Okay. Who's Dylan? Oh, wait, Dylan was the girl. Dylan was the girl. Right. Okay, well. Yeah, you've got Todd and then Schaefer and then Marcus that we talked about and Clive was the other the other band guy who was just all about beating the shit out of everyone. Right, fucking psycho drummer. Yeah, when he just, like wraps his hand in a chain and starts punching somebody's face in. Yeah. Um, Fucking drummers. All right. Well, uh, any anything else to say 
Um, I really want to find that punch you in the dick song. <laughs> well, you can do that later. <laughs> uh, okay, it, it looks like they are actually a band. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are they called the Dick Punchers? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're a werewolf, I'll punch you in the dick. If you're ambidextrous, I'll punch you in the dick. <laughs> Actual lyrics from the song. So does their drummer get punched in the dick? Apparently. Because he said he's ambidextrous. Amber? Ambidextrous? Ambidextrous. Yep. That means he can jerk it with both hands. No stranger for him. Yep. Because <laughs> they're both quite familiar. Um, yep. So are we... Do you have anything else to add? Other than uh, dick puncher lyrics? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. So let's let's give numbers then. You go first. That's not how this works. <laughs> how was that not... Um... Okay, yeah, because it was such a, a, a very low-budget movie, and I'm impressed with what they came out with on that budget, uh, I think I'll cut a little bit of slack, and I think I'll probably actually give it a six. Mm, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> give it a six? <laughs> Um, uh, I'll give it a five. That was alright. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the best ever, but... I think it's kind of weird that I had never heard of this before you put it on the calendar. Well, I think it just it had just come out. You said it was from 2013. It, the movie came out in 2013, but it just got, like, a distribution this year. Oh, I see. Okay. I think it was doing like festivals in 2013. Oh, okay. Was this is this based on a short? Did I read that, or am I making that up? Uh, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Oh. Anyway, um, okay, so we'll move on to our next one. I am not a serial killer. somewhere else. It all just feels so close. Well, we're missing a kidney. What if the person who killed him took it?
Okay, uh, that was not just a definitive statement. I was actually telling, saying the name of the next movie, which is I'm Not a Serial Killer. I don't believe uh, him. Just, just released um, based on the 2009 novel by Dan Wells. Uh, it's about John Wayne Cleaver, which is about the most stereotypical serial killer name you could come up with. Yep. Played by Max Records, who played Max in uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Right. And, but who reminds me of a Culkin. A little bit, yeah. I think it's just the long, ratty, greasy looking hair. Yeah, plus he's like skinny and child looking. Looks like he hasn't slept in a few days. Yeah. Whereas the Culkins probably haven't. At least Macaulay. Have you heard Macaulay Culkin's band? No. Uh, they'd sing exclusively about pizza. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, John is... Do they say how old he is? He's in high school, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, he uh, he has suicidal or not suicidal uh homicidal tendencies or at least so we're told he's basically like a clinically confirmed sociopath yeah with homicidal tendencies sure yeah um nothing that he does ever signifies that at all you don't think no he does like to play with guts though that's true. He works at a uh, mortuary, uh, and he, he, yeah, he gets to cut open dead bodies. I got the impression that it's like a family business. Yeah, because his mom works yeah. there, too. And his aunt, I think, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. but not his sister. No. Um, I don't know. He, like, he talks about how, you know, killing animals is wrong, and I didn't realize that until you told me. But we don't ever actually see him do anything that is much more than teen angst, in my opinion. I also have a problem with his therapist telling him, you're a sociopath and have serial killer tendencies. This kid's a minor. <laughs> I feel like that's something you should tell his mother. I think his mom knew. Yeah, but still, it's to say that to a minor seems... I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I've never been to therapy. Well, I think it's important uh, in therapy to directly address the issue. You shouldn't put like, you know, um, uh, what's the, you shouldn't like sugarcoat things. I suppose. Like, you are a sociopath. You have no emotions towards, you have no emo sympathetic or, um, you have no sympathetic emotions towards your fellow man, you're completely apathetic about like everyone, uh, and that's a sociopath. And the fact that he contem not contemplates but thinks about, um, you know, stabbing people. Like he says that uh, every time he feels like he might hurt someone, like if uh, there's, like there's a bully at school that har harasses him yeah. constantly, he he actually tells him that like. Every time that he gets mad at somebody, he feels like he might do something to hurt them. He just smiles and says something nice. Yeah. And that's fucking twisted. Yeah. But then he tells the bully that. 
Right. Which was, that, that scene was so dumb in my opinion, where he's like, hey, I'm a sociopath. I look at you like a cardboard box. I like to cut open cardboard boxes and see what's inside. It's like, would you really go around bragging that you're a sociopath? Well, see, I mean, that's the thing about sociopaths is they are. They're. I guess you could technically define them as crazy, but they're almost like the exact opposite of crazy. They have no true emotions. They are basically empty. Yeah. I guess it's just my problem was that they spent to to get you to the believe that this kid is a sociopath and is a, could be a serial killer. They did it too much by saying things, and not enough through his actions. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, one day in this sleepy little town in where was this? Uh, it was filmed in Ireland. No, it was filmed in Virginia and Minnesota. It was? Yeah. Two places that aren't anywhere close to each other. Okay, why does it say it's an Irish supernatural thriller then? Uh, I think the director was Irish and it was funded by the Irish government, but it was actually filmed here in America. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah, production was, company's Irish film board. I thought that was weird. But that is weird. I would have thought to get Irish government funding, they'd have to f- actually film it in Ireland, but apparently not. Okay, well, in this sleepy Midwestern town... Uh, it turns out there's a real serial killer. And Max decides that he is going to try and catch him, I guess. Yeah. And then it's more or less a detective story for the rest of the movie. And then the, there's a weird twist ending. Is it really a twist ending? Seems like it's a twist kind of in the middle of the movie. Yeah, I suppose. I think. I mean... I think we just got to say what it is because it's going to be very difficult to talk about this if we have to t- dance around it the entire time. You think so? Yeah, I mean, like, I think most of the movie is about it. Okay. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> uh, there's a monster living inside Christopher Lloyd. Right. And he kills people. Yeah. Yeah, and basically what he does is he harvests harvests organs. And that's kind of like the thing that leads into the beginning of the movie, is that these bodies keep turning up with organs and even limbs missing. And so what it seems like he's Christopher Lloyd is doing is swapping these out in his own body to continue his life. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's that whole thing. And you think at first, I mean, strictly by the title of, of the movie, that he is just strictly just some whacked out serial killer. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's actually he is actually some kind of monster. Yeah, there's this monster living inside of him that like comes out and stabs people. And... Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you actually see its face at one point. Yeah, I did not expect this to be like a supernatural. No, but I mean, like, if you look at the cover of the movie. Which um, one? I've seen several. The one, um, one where it's not basically like a shadow of Christopher Lloyd's head. 
Okay, that describes two of them. The one that's on IMDb? I don't know. Oh, the one that's like in the ice? I don't I don't I'm not sure. Uh not that one. Tits. Like how I am uh Max Records IMDB page still has a picture from when he was a little kid. I know. Yes, that one. I mean, that leads you to believe that there's something more going on. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to watch the movie until that is presented, you don't really understand it, I guess. You think it is just a simple serial killer story. One thing I wasn't entirely sure about was, like, was Christopher... Like, obviously, Christopher Lloyd was possessed, I guess, by this creature. But did he kind of, like, go in and out? Like, were there times when Christopher Lloyd was himself? This might be going to actual, like, true spoiler territory. Okay, well, spoiler alert. Earmuffs if you need them. Um, But the impression that I got was that Christopher Lloyd actually, whatever creature he was, actually took over the body of that person back in the 60s. Okay, that makes sense. And has been living as that man since then. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Body's starting to fall apart. (laughs) At one point, like, when he's talking to him on the phone, he talks about how he cut his own arm off. Right. I, I was confused by that. Well, like I say, he's replacing body parts. Okay, so he cut his own arm off and then cut off somebody else's arm. And Okay. Right. So his body's basically just a patchwork of other people. <laughs> so is it still the same body? The same head, I guess. It's yeah. weird because they showed a picture of Christopher Lloyd from like probably back in like the 60s, maybe even 50s. It's just weird to see him that young. I know. Because, I mean, I think the youngest I can think of him was in, like, Taxi. And even then, he was probably late 30s, early 40s, maybe. And then in Back to the Future, it was like you didn't know if he was 40 or 80. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ripping off John Mulaney. What about it? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Um, Yeah, so what do you think? Um, it was okay. I had a hard time paying attention. Me too. Like my, and it wasn't what I expected. And sometimes when a movie is not what I expect, it kind of turns me off. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is not what I signed up for. Other times, I mean, depending on what the twist is, I can be like, oh yeah, that's crazy. I'm now I'm interested. But yeah. this one kind of turned me off because I expected more of like. A, I expected more of like a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. um, but I expected less of just this like detective game. It wasn't even like cat and mouse because for 80% of it, the the monster didn't know that John was onto him. Right. John was just like sneaking around and looking through windows and stuff. It's, it's reminded me of like basically a feature length episode of Dexter if Dexter was a little kid yeah or a teenager yeah it was basically this sociopath with homicidal tendencies um, 
or fantasies or whatever chasing and investigating another serial killer yeah it's it's the same kind of basic idea yeah um but yeah like you said i mean i don't i don't i don't really know what it was but while i was watching it like i was having such a hard time keeping my attention focused on it like there were just like something else would pop up and I just got super like ADD about things, I guess, or about, about that movie. The thing is like when John is, is following him, it doesn't come across as him being like interested because he has these same thoughts. It's more like just him being a detective and then kind of like almost able to put together things because he has the same thoughts, mm-hmm. but it's not like an interest in the serial killer, it's more an interest in catching the serial killer. To me, I mean, like at, at it, I think it turns into that. At first, it seems to me like he just has an interest in killers. Yes, yeah, infer at first, yeah. yeah. But the the more he becomes like this detective, the more it just becomes about catching him yeah. and just you know stopping him from killing everyone. Right. Um. Yeah, and his you know his John being a sociopath that's really put to the test. I think because. You know, he does have um, a mother, an aunt, and a sister who whom he all he seems to care about, um, and that that kind of speaks uh, conversely of not conversely um, adversely. Not ad- that speaks against what typically. Or t- typically, how a sociopath is defined—that they don't really have any emotions towards people, even their own family members. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's a very varying degree of sociopathy. I'm not sure. I mean, at one point, he does pull a knife on his mom and say, "I don't give a fuck that you could be next." Right. Um, but then he gets really emotional when he feels like she might be in danger. So, it's—I don't know if it's—if that's how sociopathy works. I don't really know. Or sociopathy, as he says in the movie. Right. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if that's how it works, or like I said, if there's varying degrees, or maybe if that was just inconsistency in the script, or in the story, I mean. Um, I don't really know. Yeah. But, and then like, but then he has a, a like, he has like one friend. Named Max. Was it Max? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Does Max Records have a like con- in his contract that he has to have a character named Max in every movie? I guess. Um, but he's he thinks that Christopher Lloyd is on to him. Well, he I guess he knows, so he's hiding out at his friend's house, and he said, "I just need to be here and be. I need to do normal things right now." Um, and you know, when I when I hang out with you, the things that we do, those are normal. Yeah. And he's like, so we've been friends for three years only because you think hanging out with me makes you normal. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I see. That's, that's the other thing about a sociopath is like, they don't process that kind of stuff the same way that normal people do. Yeah. So I don't know. Too bad. My, my, you know, my wife's not here cause she actually studied this shit. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. My biggest complaint is I, I, didn't care much for the direction i feel like like i said earlier it doesn't do a good enough job of of showing me i hate 
having things explained to me in movies. I want to be able to see something and get it. I don't want things to be too obscure, and I don't want things... I don't like dialogue explaining things to me. So I like to be able to see things and get it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this did, did use dialogue too much to try and explain, hey, this kid's a sociopath, instead of just letting me see it. Yeah. And then, like you said, his being a sociopath is kind of wavers. And so it's it's like, what is going on? Is is he a sociopath or isn't he? Yeah. He, he's Is he suddenly not becoming one anymore is he gaining emotions as the story goes on because that i don't think that happens not typically i mean like basically him seeing his shrink was his shrink was kind of an asshole a little bit especially because he was dating his mom yeah (laughs) which is so unprofessional right um he even says like isn't this some kind of conflict of interest and they're like well i mean you know (laughs) That's for the people in Washington to decide. <laughs> um, something. Wait, I forget what I was going to say. Something about his therapist. Right. Oh God, what was I going to say about him? He was Irish. He was Irish. Um, shit. I lost it. Anyway, um, this this movie seemed kind of unfocused. Yeah, and I th- now I'm thinking about. It, I think that's probably why it had such a hard time paying attention. Uh, there was just it was too much going on, and it seemed like whereas something the way the story was told in a book may have worked better. Um because that's how books work. They kind of jump around a little bit. In a film, you have to follow a single narrative. And this one jumped around all, all over the place. Like, you know, John would um, be working in the mortuary with his mom and dealing with his uh, mental issues uh, and having basically no emotional connection to his own mother. And his mother, you know, being just basically distraught by this whole thing. And, then, then it would jump to uh, his relationship with his his neighbors, you know, Christopher Lloyd and his wife, and then uh, being at school and dealing with this bully. And it's just like it kept bouncing around, and it's like it, it really got hard to. They even brought, this brought story. his relationship with his dad into it at one point. Right. Yeah, that was barely touched on. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I guess is fine. It wasn't super important to the story, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's just that's just like one more puzzle piece that he's kind of threw at the board, and like I don't know, there wasn't. It seemed very uh, not out of order, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't really know what I'm. I, I don't know how to say what I want to say. I guess I get what you mean. Just like too too much narrative. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, and, and basically unnecessary narrative, to a degree, but a lot of stuff. Like there were scenes that should have followed certain scenes and didn't. Like they would follow other scenes, and so that just kept getting really choppy and jumping all over the place. Mm. And yeah. see so again, direction. I, I just I don't I don't know who the director was, but I. I don't know. Well, I mean, that that could be partially direction. I think that really comes down to the core of being a script. 
and you know the, the, the screenplay it's in itself and that's a, a big issue with adapting something from a book like yeah. you said, that works in a book right yeah and that's the thing it's like this movie was viewed in the way that a book would be read so if I could <laughs> it's also apparently part of a trilogy oh yeah yeah the John Cleaver trilogy okay um yeah I think I think I've said my piece I'm not I'm, I mean I I know I've I've sat here and said a lot of bad things about it but they're like the acting is really good in it sure yeah uh, Christopher Lloyd is always great sure Christopher Lloyd is scary in this yeah I mean he's he's getting old and um and old people are scary <laughs> well it's just the fact that he was old and I mean he's he's an elderly person played well into the script because that was part of the character. Billy O'Brien is the director. Yes. You knew that already? Yep. I just said I don't know who the director is and you didn't say anything. Oh, I guess I didn't notice. It was written by Christopher Hyde and Billy O'Brien. So. There you go. Um, yeah. Act, acting was good. And it was, it, I mean, it was a, a good looking movie. Yeah, a little CGI heavy at the end. Yeah, the way they brought the monster out, I thought was dumb. Yeah, I mean, the it didn't end, make sense to me. The ending wasn't good. I didn't. I didn't like the ending. Me neither. Um, you know, I mean, but I, I assume that's the ending of the book. One has to figure. Like if this, I, I obviously haven't read the book, but I don't know why I said obviously. I can't read. <laughs> I don't read. I so never good. learned to read. <laughs> but like, if this is just the first book of this trilogy, I have no idea where the other two books go. I don't know how you would follow this up. Maybe he finds other monsters. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like John Cleaver Monster Hunter. I guess I don't know. <laughs> What's the trilogy called? The John Cleaver trilogy. Oh, I guess you said that. I did say that. Open your ears, jackass. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't like god awful, painful to watch, but it just, I don't know, it just wasn't didn't grab me. Mhm. Mhm. So the second one is called Mr. Monster. And the third one is called I don't want to kill you. Okay. Then the third and a half one is called Next of Kin. Third and a half? The fourth one is called The Devil's Only Friend. So it's not so much a trilogy. The fifth one is called Over Your Dead Body. The sixth one is Untitled. So it's a septilogy. Is that right? That's seven. Oh. Sace. Quin Quintilogy. That's five. But there's only five out. So is the sixth one out? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh. I don't know what a six part would be. Yeah, where the hell do they go in these other movies? What movies? I have books, sorry. I was to say, there's only one movie. I wonder if they're planning to make sequels. Uh, I guess it kind of depends on how this one does. I suppose. 
Uh, but yeah, this just came out like Friday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it's in select theaters and on VOD. Right. Um, going back to Sheepskin, the only way you can watch that is on DVD. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not on any VOD services. Well, it's like if you go to their website, uh, the production company or the distributor maybe, uh, you go to their website, it says that it's on VOD in August. Here we are in August. Now August is almost over. Yeah, and there's no VOD. Um, Did it say August of 2016? <laughs> no, it didn't, I guess. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> um, but also, in the, they have all these VOD um, providers. Most of them look like uh, like cable providers. Oh, so not like iTunes and stuff? No. Like, like iTunes and Google and Amazon, none of those are on this list. Um, the only one that was that even... I mean, I recognize names, but as far as locally, the only one that looked familiar was uh, Dish. And my, I, the only person I know that has Dish was my dad. So I texted him. To, I was going to ask if it was on his VOD. But he had just switched to Comcast. Oh, jeez. Like, God damn it. So, but yeah, I checked everywhere. I looked on, uh, I mean, I'm sure you looked everywhere you could too, but like Google, iTunes, Amazon, um, PlayStation, and, and Comcast. I looked all those places, and it's nowhere to be found. So the only thing you can do is get a DVD off of Amazon. Hmm. So there's that. There it is. Uh, but I mean, keep a look eye out for it. But anyway, back to the movie we're currently talking yeah, about. I'm not a serial killer. Is currently available on all VOD platforms, as far as I know. I watched it on Google Play. I watched it on Amazon. So there you go. It's at least on those two. Yep. Um, I'm surprised you use Amazon and not iTunes more often. It's just because I have my PlayStation hooked up to my TV. Oh, okay. I was because you have the Apple TV. I would think that you would use iTunes, but I forgot you use your PlayStation more. Yeah, they, our Apple TV is in our bedroom, so. Ah. Um, yeah. If if I could stream from my phone to my PlayStation, that I would probably use iTunes more often. Um, actually, what I do pretty often is actually buy the movie from PlayStation or from Sony, I guess. Um, See, I got Chromecasts both in the bedroom and out here, so mm-hmm. Google Play is the best option for me. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, um, so do you, anything else to say about this? Uh, what what did you think of his uh, his panda mask? <laughs> his panda mask? <laughs> I guess I didn't really give it a lot of thought. Uh, practical, I suppose. It was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that was like his his uh, his disguise whenever he was dealing with Christopher Lloyd because he didn't. That, that was the thing, like. Christopher Lloyd, even though he's his neighbor, talks to him pretty regularly. Yeah. Helps, helps him piss because he can't stand up. Yeah, puts him in the bath, too. <laughs> yeah, which is something nobody should see. No. Um, Christopher Lloyd's old balls. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like, you could hear him taking a piss. You hear, like, you know, the it hitting the water. And I could swear you, like, hear it, like, hit the rim a little bit. <laughs> It was like, okay, put the seat in the uh, put the seat in the cover down. 
<laughs> he like sits him down on top of the toilet, and, and then puts him in the bath. Just an unfortunate series of events. <laughs> that it is for everyone involved, right? Because you know Lloyd doesn't want that. No, uh, the kid doesn't want that. What's his name? We the character's name. We keep calling him Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> is it I Bill? I forget. Doc Brown. It's probably Doc Brown. <laughs> um. Crowley? Is his name Crowley? I don't think so. That's what IMDb is saying. Could have been his last name. I think he, he, I think he kept calling him Mr. Something, and I, just, I can't remember what it was. Mr. Crowley, apparently. That's a Black Sabbath song. Just so you know. I don't know. You got a million number? Uh, four. Four. I'll say five, I guess. You just got to one-up me? Huh? You just got to one-up me? It's like I didn't think it was bad. No, it's not bad. It's fine. It's just not... I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it I guess I mean I've you know the few I have I've, I've mentioned but again but at the same time there's not a lot that's that's great about it you know so I'm kind of torn and I, I think I, yeah I think I'll probably just go sh- right down the middle and say five all right all right so that's gonna do it for this episode um we'll be back in a couple weeks with something brand new a bunch of bullshit to talk about that ain't brand new we do that every day <laughs> it's brand new bullshit though oh touche and two brand new movies taylor what are we watching we are watching don't breathe the newest from fide alvarez and rob zombies 31 all right two movies we, sh- we have to go to the theater for fuck <laughs> why did we do that i don't have money for that shit well, <laughs> I, already, I already paid for one of the tickets yeah yeah, it's uh, this is gonna be it's it's, it's a early release, a special screening for um, for thirty one. So hopefully, we'll have some of the first reviews that you'll hear. <laughs> we did that by design so we could be special, right? We got advanced screeners, no big deal. No, we didn't. We paid for them. Yeah, we we paid for just like everybody else that's going to the advanced screening. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so. It's, Check us out in a couple weeks. Uh, Till then, Taylor, where can they find us? They can find us at the brand new graveplotpodcast.com as well as they can subscribe and review on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and they can follow us on all of their favorite social networks. All right. And uh, if you're a book reader, remember to go to our website, check out the blog and look for my brand new book review. Um, Do you have, uh, let's see, what what was the book? Uh, (laughs) What did I write? I forget what book I did. No, it's called uh, The Man from Tarred by Brian Alaspa. Um, check that out. See what you think. Um, have you done anything new on there? Uh, no. What have you done lately? <laughs> <laughs> I remade the whole fucking website. That's what I did. All right. He's tired. 
He needs a break now. Um, anyway, so until we meet again, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. the moment.